I discovered, you know, as I talk to people, if I say, oh, here's the things you should do, X, Y, Z, you know, they're kind of like, okay, cool, whatever. But if I say, look, this is the story of my own brokenness and mess, um, people really appreciate that. And that allows them to open up and to share about their brokenness and mess. Mm -hmm. And it's only when we open that up that we can begin to heal some of that. We can't mm. heal it when we're keeping it hidden. Hi, friend. Welcome back to part two of my interview with Elizabeth Myers, homeschooling mom of eight, wife of a retired fighter pilot, author, speaker, podcaster, and novice farmer on the side. Many of you have shared with me how much you enjoyed part one of this episode. So if you haven't listened to that yet, make sure to go back to episode 43 to listen first. In part two, Liz shares some nuggets of wisdom about how to balance calling and motherhood that gave me some aha moments. And she ends our time together with a profound image of freedom that is going to stick with me for a very long time. Here is part two of my conversation with Liz Myers. Listen in. You actually, you were the person that coached me to start this podcast a little over a year ago. And I remember feeling like that was a really big risky step toward calling. I was really grateful for your wisdom about how to start the podcast, but also just that you had lived out things very similarly in your life and understood the vulnerability involved in taking these steps toward calling. And I, th I think about it now, I'm not sure if I thought about it then in this light, but in a way you were teaching me how to embrace resiliency in my calling. So I'm, I'm interested, what has resilience looked like for you as you continue to take next steps of offering your gifts of writing and speaking and mentoring into the world, podcasting? How does that look for you? Yeah, overcoming that, that fear of being vulnerable has been huge for me. Mm -hmm. And I kind of even chuckle sometimes at when I was going through this darkest time, I was doing everything I could to hide my pain. Mm. To, to not let people know that I was depressed yeah. to, to keep it a secret. And now I just freely just tell people, Hey, you know, <laughs> I struggle with depression and anxiety, even mm. not so much depression anymore, but anxiety still crops up and mm. I'm still on medications for those things. And I, I can just say that freely and there's no shame. There's no embarrassment mm. with that. So another aspect is being confident in God's provision for us. There's so many times where I am like, my, I'm trying to do something that I don't feel adequate for. And my prayer is often, okay, God, I did my best. I did the very best I could. And I showed up mm -hmm. and now I need you to show up or mm -hmm. this is going to be a big mess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he always does. He always comes through and just works in ways that I couldn't have imagined. Mm -hmm. So I think it's that being confident in God's provision and being comfortable with our own failure or pain, you know, yeah. just being open. I 
discovered, you know, as I talk to people, if I say, oh, here's the things you should do, X, Y, Z, you know, they're kind of like, okay, cool, whatever. But if I say, look, this is the story of my own brokenness and mess, um, people really appreciate that. And that allows them to open up and to share about their brokenness and mess. Mm -hmm. And it's only when we open that up that we can begin to heal some of that. We can't mm. heal it when we're keeping it hidden. Yeah. There's such a gift in normalizing some of the things that we all walk through that I think so often we feel like I'm the only one or I shouldn't feel this way mm -hmm. or this isn't what God wants of me. Right. But like you said earlier, there's something about sharing our stories of, you know, struggling with anxiety or struggling mm -hmm. with vulnerability that helps us to connect with others. And I think ultimately that's what we really want is mm -hmm. to connect. I, I um, think that's what God wants for us. Yeah. I think it's the enemy that wants to separate us. It's he's the one that whispers in our ear. You're the only one, or they'll make fun of you, or, you know, you don't want to tell people I he's compared in the scripture to a lion. And if you think about how a lion hunts, they mm. separate from the flock and go after that one. Um, mm. But what I've heard or read is that elephants, when one of theirs is threatened, they, they put the smaller, the weaker one in the middle and they surround, um, make a circle outside facing outward mm. to protect the weaker one mm. so that the lion can't get to them. And so I feel like that's how we should be is connected to each other mm. and fighting against evil in the world rather than working so hard to hide our own pain and being disconnected mm. and like with anything, the more you do something, the easier it becomes. I started blogging before I started writing my book when I first was feeling the calling to, to share things. And I literally, every time I pushed publish, I got sick to my stomach. I was mm -hmm. like, I'm, I'm going to be physically ill. Mm -hmm. Just that I'm putting myself out there and what are people going to think and what are people going to say? And so over time, you know, there's a, a little less worrying what people think and a little more being excited to see what God is going to do. Mm -hmm. um, so that's part of it. And then also, you know, then blog posting got easy, you know, then it was a book and then I was working on speaking and I was speaking, I think the other day and I just realized I'm like, Oh, I'm not like as stressed as I used to be about talking mm -hmm. in front of people. Mm -hmm. I'm an introvert. So I'm more of a writer than a speaker. Podcasting has helped a lot with that because it's talking to a lot of people mm -hmm. and stepping out into our, our calling with these it's just taking little baby steps yeah and just like you know a toddler a person who's learning to walk they'll stumble and fall down uh, do we attack that child and go i can't believe you messed <laughs> up you know no we say oh that's great that's mm -hmm. great you know we clap we're like do it again and i feel mm -hmm. like that's what god is doing when he's looking at us it, when we're trying to step out in that calling and do what he's asked us to do sometimes we fall down we stumble we make a mess and he's not in heaven scowling down at us he's like yeah. going, yay you're doing it you're doing it you know just like an excited parent would i love that image of god cheering us on uh, even when we're kind of muddling through things mm. i had a friend tell me the other day because i was talking about i just recently graduated with my certificate in spiritual direction and i was just talking about some of the vulnerability around that and not exactly knowing what it's going to look like and he said, you know, I just have this picture of Jesus and he is just smiling and he is so proud and he just can't wait for this adventure that you're going to go on together. And that, I mean, that meant so much to me to mm -hmm. hear that from him, but also 
like that's the image I'm starting to actually believe. And it's mm, not yeah. the image I used to have. Right. right. Uh, it used to be like what you're describing. But if we could have that image of the God who is cheering us on, like we cheer on the toddlers taking their first steps, what would that change? Like I that know, would change right? everything. I, I struggle with perfectionism and people pleasing and all that kind of thing. So, you know, for years I've seen God as the scowly one that's yeah. saying you're not getting it right. I think having my own children and seeing how I interact with them and then thinking of God as the perfect parent, mm-hmm. that helps me with that imagery of how he really sees me. Mm what unconditional love really is. Yeah. It's like the things that I feel for my children, but so much better and so much purer. And he doesn't get tired. He doesn't have a grumpy day. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't lose his patience. You know, yeah. he's, he's perfect in every way, but he's not an ogre, you know, that's Mm-mm. like, do it better. Mm-mm. Yeah. Oh, I just think that is so important. How we, how we experience how God sees us mm-hmm. like that changes everything. All right. So a little bit of a shift, but Mm -hmm. I, we were talking earlier about just how amazed I am at all that you accomplish in a day. (laughs) Just when I think about homeschooling mom of eight and air force family that's moved all over the world. Is that right? You've lived in other countries. We had one assignment in Korea. So that counts as, yep. That counts. (laughs) Yeah. You've lived like 15 different places or something. Is that right? Have you lost track? <laughs> I've lost track. I, I think it's close to 15 or 16 moves, but some of them were back to the same place. Okay. So it might not be that many places. Okay. So, and then just thinking about your day-to-day life, um, as you, now you're starting this little farmstead mm-hmm. and then also, you know, just on the side, podcasting and writing and speaking. <laughs> and in my mind, you make it look easy. I don't know if you feel that way about it, but what I see in you is, you know, I've come to believe that one of the, the pieces to calling is just learning better habits. And I feel like I do see that in your life. So I'm wondering if you have any tips for any of us that feel overwhelmed with our own lives, let alone trying to picture living your life. Yeah. I chuckle when people say, Oh, you do all these things and you make it look easy. I'm like, that's because you're standing at a distance. Like come stand in my kitchen and you'll see the (laughs) chaos tornado that is going on. There's always something happening. Yeah. I mean, you know, kids are enough, but then you throw in, we have goats and sheep and there's just all this kind of chaos going on. We have new puppies. So that's a learning curve for the whole family because they sure are cute, but they can, they can get into a lot of stuff. They're not getting much (laughs) sleep either. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just like we were talking earlier, you know, we were scheduled this podcast to record it sooner. And um, (laughs) I had to call and reschedule because it was just such a chaotic day. And I can't even remember everything that happened, but it did um, involve my cat being locked up in my office and turning on the air conditioner, which wasn't vented, which made the whole room like a sauna. And she broke uh, a big canister I had of chocolate, hot chocolate, because that's what keeps me going when I'm <laughs> writing. It spilled. So I opened the door to cool it off, but then a thunderstorm came. And so the water got in and it turned it into chocolate cement. And then I was trying to clean that up. And then we got a suspicious withdrawal from one of our accounts. So my husband and I worked on that for like two hours, going through everything, calling everybody. 
And in the end, it turned out not to be fraudulent. It was just me making a series of silly errors that led to the confusion. Good. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it was just a mess. It's just one of those days where I'm like, can I just go to bed and start over? <laughs> you know? A series of yeah. unfortunate events. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So my office is all cleaned up now, but I had to get down on my hands and knees and scrub it and pry <laughs> things off. And uh, it's, it's crazy. So there's always stuff like that going on in the background. Huh. And I kind of analyzed it. There's two experiences I have. One is I was a ballerina growing up. So that <laughs> kind of stage presence of just smile and keep going you know mm. when they, they always tell us when something goes wrong just smile act like you meant to do it and keep going because nobody else knows the choreography <laughs> so I do that in my life I'm like nobody knew what I was intending to do so I'll just pretend like this was it and then Brilliant. the second thing is of course in the military you know it's all about military bearing and you keep a straight face yeah with ballet it's all about smiling with military it's all about not smiling and whether whatever you're feeling, it has to remain hidden behind this mask that never changes. Mm -hmm. So I've had those two concepts hounded into me so well <laughs> that mm. I do them without thinking. Mm. I, I have that, like, I'm not going to show any extreme emotions and I'm going to smile. Mm. So people think that things are easy, but on the inside, I'm like going, oh, dear God, please help me. Oh, God, please help me. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not prepared for this thing. So I chuckle when people say it looks easy because it's not. We all struggle. And for everything that I'm doing, there's things I'm not doing. I don't sure. cook dinner. My daughter cooks dinner. Oh, you know? oh I, I like that. I quit doing everybody else's laundry. I only do my own, you know. There's, okay. there's things like my house is a mess. I don't necessarily mm -hmm. clean it as well as I would <laughs> like to, or as, as well as I used to. Mm -hmm. So I think what we tend to do as women is we look at other people and say, oh, I want to cook like her and garden like her and do this like her. But we don't see all the other things that they're not doing. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think being content in our calling is good mm -hmm. too, because God hasn't called me to do what he's called you to do. Mm -hmm. It's different. And yeah. so I have... Uh, different things going on in my life. And there's some things I my, my husband has termed, coined the term intentional neglect. When, mm. when we have too much Ooh, going like on that. and we just go, that is a lower priority and we're not yes. going to do that right now. Oh, we call good. it intentional neglect. So at one point in life, we don't have a garage now where we are, but we had a garage and it was messy and we had people coming over and we're like, that's just a low priority. We can't do it. You know, just shut the door. And then somebody opened the door and they're like, oh my goodness. And my husband's like, don't worry about that. That's intentional neglect. Like it looks that way on purpose because we were, be. doing, we were doing something that we deemed more important for everything that. that we say yes to. There's so many other things we have to say no to. Yeah. So when I say yes to homeschooling and yes to podcasting, there's other things that I'm not doing. Yeah. Um, I'm struggling to remember what the actual real question was because I think there was yeah another... no you're answering it perfectly <laughs> oh, because <okay. laughs> it's, it feels to me like what you're saying is that we need to embrace some mess embrace mm -hmm. some chaos and also you know not living in the shoulds of yeah. everything should look a certain way Paying I would attention. say embrace the important things and let the other things go yeah like, yeah I uh, when I'm overwhelmed and stressed and there's all this stuff going on, you know, I say, okay, would, will this thing that I'm stressed about right now matter in eternity? Yeah. And if the answer is no, then why am I spending so much energy on it right now? Right. Um, so that kind of helps me. I mean, we still have to, you know, clean our house and do the laundry. Sure. That's yeah. not going to really matter in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it's giving yourself grace for the areas yes. of life 
that just aren't a priority right, right. now. Exactly. I love that. And I love that phrase intentional neglect. I think I'm going to steal that. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. Tell your yeah. husband. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so what's bringing you joy these days? I'm just curious. This may or may not be related to mm-hmm. calling, but I just think it's kind of a fun question. Yeah. So I have kind of two answers to that. Um, the first one is you asked what my worst job was or my least favorite. Mm-hmm. My most favorite is being a mom. Yeah. And um, my kids are now all old enough where they can pretty much fend for themselves. You know, when everybody was little and I was so tired, I just remember longing for the day. I look forward to this day in the future where the only bottom I would have to wipe was my own. And I'm like, I made it. I did it. (laughs) I've achieved success. So there's things where I can just sit back and enjoy them a little more. Mm. And one just small recent thing that happened was I was, I overheard my boys playing video games with each other. And, you know, as I said, two of them are adults and gone, but they can connect over discord so they can play the same game and talk to each other. Mm -hmm. My oldest three boys are adults and one about to be, and then my youngest, bless his heart, is 10. He's got three sisters right above him. So mm. big age gap. Yeah. But just listening to the four of them playing mm. together and how nice the older ones were to the, the young guy in the group and just listening to them banter and joke just really blessed me. I just, mm-hmm. it made all those hard days that much sweeter to see the fruit of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that was your just- your kids actually like each other. That's <laughs> yeah, <huge>. exactly. <laughs> your job and here is done. That just really gave me a lot of joy. Mm-hmm. And then just in general, you know, I feel like I'm finally doing what I've wanted to do for years of having all these animals and it. it. There is drama sometimes, but <laughs> I enjoy it. It's springtime, you know? So a lot of our critters are having babies and I just mm-hmm. love the little babies. My Older kids are accusing me of for every child that leaves the home, you get more animals. And so if the math is correct on that, then it takes like 12 animals to, to fill in the void of busyness of one child. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was funny before we started recording, I could hear the chickens squawking in the background. Then so Liz had to close her windows. I've got chickens on one side and goats on the other. I'm like, I want to be able to see them when I'm in my office, you know, doing things, but I didn't think through the whole podcasting thing of, yeah, they're going to be noisy. (laughs) Well, I can't hear them now, so it's all good. All right. So final question. So the title of this podcast is me when I'm free. And in the very first episode, I share a story of when we went on a hike at my uh, husband's childhood home that his brother now owns. They have 80 acres and we took our dog Josie with us. And usually she's, you know, tied up or on a leash and we set her free. And she just was I mean, if you could see a dog smiling, she was beaming. She was just living her best life, just Mm -hmm. racing back and forth to the front and the back of the group. And I just remember feeling like that brought me so much joy, just picturing that. And it's sort of becoming uh, an image that I reflect on when I think about this idea of calling and living freely and fully into our real true selves I, I often think about Josie sort of as that image for me. I'm curious, do, is there any sort of image or symbol that comes to mind um, when you think about this idea of living freely, fully, maybe even in the area of calling? And is there anything that you think about? Yeah, definitely. So I 
like I mentioned, I struggle a lot with perfectionism. I have some anxiety. So to me, you know, living free in my calling would just be like throwing off all the, the fears and the worries and just doing what God's placed before me and, and being excited about it rather than, mm-hmm. oh, am I going to fail? Oh, what are people going to think? Right. You know, all these kinds of things. So my, my image that I have in my head about that is there was one unusual Saturday morning where all of our kids were elsewhere. So my husband and I just wake up with a whole day ahead of us and no one else to take care of, you know, wow. he's like, you want to go skydiving? Oh my <laughs> I was goodness. Like, sure. <laughs> I, he had taken jump at the Academy. So he had already done three fall, but I had always wanted to, but I never had the opportunity. I wasn't able to at the Academy because you had to do eight pull-ups. I can't do eight pull-ups. Oh so, um, so we found this place, you know, where they do the tandem jump, where they just basically tie you to somebody who knows what they're doing and mm-hmm. you you just fall out of the sky like baggage. So <laughs> we go to this place and we had to wait several hours until it was my turn. And I, I guess I just had the military mindset in place of like these would be, you know, professional people pay attention to detail. You know, this is a life or death kind of sport. <laughs> they're more like surfer dudes, you know, they're kind of like, hey, <laughs> the guy that I was going to be jumping with talked to somebody else who used to work there but came up and he's like hey man I'm busy will you pack my shoot I'll give you 10 bucks and I'm like wait that's that's gonna be my shoot too like (laughs) are you sure he's qualified but what I realized was I'm I'm attached to this guy so yeah he's risking my life but he's also risking his own so he's he's gonna you know dot all Mm -hmm. the i's and cross the t's Mm -hmm. and so I was in this weird place where I had no responsibility I, there weren't instructions that I had to do. I didn't have to pull my own ripcord. I didn't have to remember altitudes. Mm. There was nothing I was rehearsing in my mind. I was literally just baggage on this thing. Mm. But that gave me the sense of freedom of, mm. I have nothing to worry about. Mm. And I, I think ordinarily too, I would worry about, well, did he do this? Well, did he, you know, and I'd be like micromanaging him, but I realized, no, he's at risk too. He's going to take care of it. I don't mm. need to worry about it. And so we jumped out of the plane and you don't have that falling feeling in your stomach. The only reference I had of falling was I saw a cloud below me and then it kind of went, you know, <laughs> up past me. And I just, that was the word that came to me in that moment was I feel free. I'm, mm-hmm. You know, I'm free of my fears. I'm just mm-hmm. floating around out in the sky. I'm not worrying what other people are thinking. Um, there was just true freedom and just real joy. Mm-hmm. And so then we landed and we drove away. My husband and I were going to go out to lunch and I was driving and we got like five minutes away from the place. And I had like a delayed reaction, panic attack. I had to pull over <laughs> oh, and get no. out of the car. I'm like, what did I just do? <laughs> That's well, the fear caught up with me eventually, but I didn't have it beforehand. So that was nice. So, Oh, that's hilarious. Well, yeah. I was thinking about as you're talking, how part of your image is related also to you're attached to someone Mm -hmm. who knows what they're doing, someone that you can trust and what a perfect image Mm -hmm. as we think about freedom, it really does come down to being attached to God who we can trust, who knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when you got detached from that person, (laughs) maybe that's that's a perfect (laughs) example, actually. There you go. I, think, oh. no, I don't know. I don't really picture God as like a surfer dude though. So. Nope. Nope. That's a new one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is funny. Just another day in the life of the Myers family. You want to go skydiving? <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. 
Oh, well, this has been a joy, Liz. Thank you so much. Can you tell me how can people find you online? Sure. My website is elizabethmyers.me. And okay. uh, Myers is M-E-Y-E-R-S. There's okay. 10,000 ways to spell Myers. I'm also on social media at the Liz Myers. Um, so for Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And then my podcast is Resilient Life Hacks. Okay. We will put links in the show notes for all okay, of those great. things too. So thank you, Liz. I'll let you get back to your chickens and your goats. <laughs> all right. We'll see ya. Thank you. It yeah. was fun chatting it's, with you. It's a joy. Thanks for listening to this episode of Me When I'm Free. I hope you'll continue to join me on this journey toward wholeness and calling. I love a traveling companion. My hope is that you'll see yourself in these stories that I share here. And if nothing else, you'll feel less alone. Click the share button on the podcast if you know a friend who needs an encouraging reminder that they aren't alone either. Thanks for listening, friend. Let's meet back here next week.